Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are talking about the Xbox One Series X. You mean the Xbox, Wait, Series, Xbox X. Series X? Gosh dang it. <laughs> it's going to be forever before I stop doing that. Uh, Xbox Series X and the, uh, uh, I guess, uh, article that came out uh, this this week. Yeah, it was literally like it. a blog post from Phil Spencer. Yeah, I'll just lay this out now. This is just kind of an, uh, uh, something I think. I don't, like, we've, we've, we've kind of, like, made the case for what, how will this be announced? Will they do a separate event other than E3? I don't think so. I think we're just, this is it. This is the stuff, this is the information we would normally have gotten in a press conference about the new console. Yeah. And I think we're just going to hit E3 with all this information already out there. Yeah. And we're going to talk about games. Honestly, I don't yeah. think I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of reveals about the console once we hit E3. It's funny. I do feel like Nintendo or not Nintendo, sorry, Sony and uh, and Xbox are on similar trajectories in that front. Like I feel like Sony is is going to do the same thing. We're like, "Oh, we have the Wired article. We have this other stuff come out about the the console yeah. answering some of the main questions that you'll have, and then they're just going to have their reveal." Yeah. And that's where all of the games, all of the all of the pricing information and release date are going to be like Put because which is like the same thing as I feel like with Xbox. Like what's funny? I mean, you and I both remember back to the launches of the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four. Yeah, and they did have their own like respective events, and the the pieces, the building blocks of those events have already happened. Like. All yeah. the tech specs. Yeah. Um, We've even seen Xbox's console. That's what I mean. The tech specs. Yeah. Usually like the way it went for like Xbox One. Yeah. I think I think is the way it went. It's like, here's all the tech specs. Here's all the cool things you're going to be able to do about, with it. Yeah. Which is kind of what we got today. Mm-hmm. And then here's the new console and what it looks like. And yeah. we already got all that. There's yeah. nothing, literally nothing to show in another event. No, not not at all. I mean, and then then you know the, uh, the in addition to those events, some of the press like were able to like see it up close and that sort of thing. So like we don't have like a lot of that happening yet. Yeah. But it's like in in, I mean, in the world that we live in today, Chris. Why why would you do that? Like well, in, in my fr- mind, like the world we live in today, like you can put out a blog post on a in, you know, random Tuesday in <laughs> in uh, January or in February, and it'd be fine. Like it, it makes it to all the sites. It de- right. It, it definitely, that's, like, that's what I'm saying. It definitely stokes it. all the hype, but all it was like back then was every single outlet just taking different pictures of this console yep. underneath a glass cube. Yeah. Yeah. Which ports does it have? It was, we know. still don't really know, No, but that's well, the only information that we like is, didn't get. Yeah. Well, that's and, okay. And, and it doesn't even matter. No. Like because of the features that they talked about, we kind of know what it's going to have. Right. Right. Um, so anyway, we're going to talk about that later. That's our main feature. I dig it. But uh, and we have some news. But first, uh, what have you been up to this week? Clone Wars, Chris. John, finally the new one. Listen, that's all I was going to talk about. That's I mean that's that's me. Like that's that's my I was going to talk about it too. I, I've also like been watching like the the Runaways, like catching up on like where I left no, off. No, we that. should just talk about. But it doesn't like that's the only matter. reason I'm doing I've, that. I've Chris. done other things too. Clone Wars is all that matters. Clone Wars is, is all that matters. But the only reason I did watch some <laughs> of the other things on Disney Plus was because I was in there for Clone oh, Wars. Okay. I was like, oh, I, that Wait, episode finished, and did, let me f- roll into whatever the next thing is. So, Chris, Clone Wars. Yeah. What did you think? Dude, I, I thought it was great. Yeah. I uh, I think that they, I mean, it's like they never left. <laughs> yeah, dude. It, like, and that's the thing. Like, I was worried, like, with how, like, it would it would feel, whether it was, like, from an animation perspective or whether it's from, like, voice no, acting or, like, whatever. It's, it's, it's like, it's... 
right where it left off. Yeah. Um, it's funny, like this episode, one of the, my big shout outs to it is like D. Bradley Baker, who is the voice actor for the clones, also voiced the uh, the enemy, like the 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 tarantula looking dude. Um, he did? Yeah. He does, the, he voices the guy that was up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole he voices time? all of those. Like and so, AM, so, a, a, ASMR kind of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because he's been in the series. Like he's been a general on the uh, the separatist side. Like for that entire series. Like one of the first few episodes. Like in the timeline or whatever was of that general getting blown up, and that's why he's half robot now. Um, but like. The fact that the same voice actor like it does every character yeah, in this in thing, that whole episode except, except for, for Anakin, Anakin and uh, Mace Windu. Oh, Mace Windu, yeah, um, yeah. But like literally, they're they're only in it for like three lines. Yeah, and Anakin only says one. I think that that was the biggest uh, shocker to me was that we started. I mean, and I, I mean, it's a huge like kicking off point because yeah. you're like, okay, where's Echo and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was surprising that this, this didn't really focus on. Like any major Star Wars franchise character. Right. Like Anakin or Obi-Wan. Not really in this. Right. And I guess like that's one of the biggest questions that 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 I've had about this. Uh the Clone Wars return in the Disney era yeah. is like, what do we like? Are we gonna do the weird stuff? Are we gonna do the stuff about like that's super clone centric, or are we just gonna like? Are we gonna try to like cash in on the vast majority? Because like, the, if if somebody hasn't watched any Clone Wars right. and watches this episode, they're like, what are we doing here? You yeah. know. Um, but like, I was wondering if they would tie it to you know something bigger within the Star Wars you know universe or whatever. But like, they they it's exactly like you left off where it's yeah. like the big questions that I had at the end of Clone Wars like the end of like the, the existing like seasons that we had before now has always been how did like where did Rex go what happened to Rex yeah and the rest of those like that troop of clones yep and it's been what happened like what happened with Ahsoka and what happened with Darth Maul and then there's mm-hmm. one other one which they sort of answered in a uh, a book, which was what happened with Asajj Ventress. Mm. And so, like those four questions um, have been kind of what we roll into. I don't think they're going to deal with Asajj Ventress because like those episodes got turned into a novel mm. and released in the Disney era. Um, and uh, but those episodes, like those original like ideas or whatever, were written by uh, Katie Lucas, uh, mm. George Lucas's daughter. Um, as I mentioned, like she's written like so many of the the iconic kind of arcs within uh, the franchise, but like that one because of that like tie, I believe like it, it got turned into a graphic novel and that story is like out there and it's not going to be made into these episodes. But those other like big three questions, it's like okay, those are the like like the big hanging things, and we're it looks like we're getting the answer to one of those. How many episodes are in this so, final season? The way I understand it, there are. Uh, sixteen or no, twelve episodes, I believe. How many so, episodes were in the seasons before? I mean, so there were anywhere from twenty-two to like only eight or something like that, like on the last season. Hmm. So you know, we could, okay. you know, right. if you yeah. do, if if I think about this correctly, we have if we have four episode arcs of each of those like three storylines, we could do it. Yeah, you know, and yeah. so I'm not sure exactly what they're going to end up doing, how many, how long these arcs are going to be, but um, if we did that, because they they started doing in the later seasons like three or four episode arcs yeah. on things, so if we did like a, maybe a, an episode, a three episode arc, or all you know three stories that had four episode arcs, like we could tie it all up. Yeah, and so I'm hoping that that's kind of how it, how it rolls. So. I uh, I'm super pumped about this. Um, I uh, I don't. Know, it's just great to have new Star Wars. Oh, dude. And on, on a weekly basis. That's right. Um, and I think that was like the cool thing like about the Mandalorian. Yeah. That was always the cool thing about Rebels yeah. and Clone Wars before. Because it's just, I don't know, you know, especially right now, you know, where 
like we have there are rumors mm-hmm. and was that an announcement about that Star Wars movie uh, a couple weeks back was that real or not real was that official so or was that just a rumor that was just a rumor okay so without, there are all sorts of rumors <laughs> yeah without any hard news to hold on to yeah regarding Star Wars although there's the only one there's the, the only High Republic one, stuff one. is out now yeah all, all that kind of like we can talk about that uh, in, a, in a few minutes probably that'd be a good well actually let's throw it in here so like they've announced like what they're doing in August of this year they're releasing a bunch of uh, comics and graphic novels based on like the what are they it's not the old Republic they call the it High Republic. the High Republic and yeah. so, well that's the part that, that's confusing to me right now and mm-hmm. maybe is the old Republic gone? Like, so is that is is the High Republic now what the old Republic is? Is that because the old Republic was wasn't canon? Right. Isn't canon? Right. Unless unless it was uh, the old Republic was referenced, and I don't think it was, but I can't remember specifically in the prequels as the old Republic. I don't think so. That terminology yeah. and like it's all it's canon. All, it's all, all legends now. It's all legends. Yeah. And now it's all called the High Republic. Right. And I think is that that what it is? I think that's what's happening. That's what's like, happening. That's what it felt like because like they never in that video like that they like released a trailer video for the uh, the book series and like the, this basically like oh we're going to investigate this time period now um, in our books and, and comics and uh, that trailer didn't reference Old Republic didn't reference like anything before this like this was the like this is the furthest back in canon that we have gone um, in the past and uh, and part or of the unless, reason unless it goes High Republic Old Republic or unless it goes Old Republic High Republic. Well, not if this is the furthest back we've gone. This will be the furthest back we've gone in Canada. Let me let me uh, let me do a quick Google, but I believe right. that it's like this is the new old republic. Okay, that's what I thought. So other than that, which honestly, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. I have mixed feelings about about it, uh, just on the front that it feels like they're just putting out content because they know we want stuff, but they're not ready to commit to a movie. I literally type into Google: Is the High Repa? And it goes like the third one down is is the High Republic the Old Republic? <laughs> that's <laughs> what does this like, what does it say? That's literally what I was gonna ask. Um, okay, so here we have uh, Forbes. Okay, so I don't I don't know two days I mean, ago trusted source, but also <laughs> weird source for Star Wars news. Yeah, the High Republic is a golden age of the Jedi Order, some four hundred years before the Skywalker saga takes place. Okay, four hundred and years. several thousand years after the Old Republic era. Okay, so the Old Republic is still the oldest. That we have, okay. but this is like bridges the gap between right. like the old Republic and the uh, the, the new Republic. Now we're up to speed with probably all the rest of our listeners. That's right. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should have done our research before we talked about. We're back this. in. I should have just literally Googled and yeah. the, you know, it's okay. super easy. So uh, beyond like beside that aside, yeah. This feels like literally just like hey, we need to make some money between now and when the next movie comes out. So let's release all this stuff that we can spin up real fast and set in an era where it has no bearing on anything else. Yeah. So we can just do whatever we want. Yeah. The higher higher public stuff, like I feel like that was that was the biggest thing that I, I in that press release was like, okay, well, we've never investigated this. No one is currently looking at movies that are here. So we want to be able to tell just whatever story we want to tell in the Star Wars universe and basically get some stuff done without being feeling like they're they're tied by let's work around. Well, Luke Skywalker wasn't in that location at that time or like, oh, well, we can't do that because that would affect the uh, plans for the Death Star or whatever, you know? The, yeah. So they want to do tell some stories that are like meaty. I mean, and at, I appreciate the, that. At That's the great. same time, wouldn't people like Darth Plagueis be around right now? I don't know. Darth Plagueis could have been older than that, Chris. 
because this Sith homeworld that he's buried on is long abandoned. So that was like Old Republic. Um, well, oh, you're talking about Plagueis. Yeah, Plagueis. Plagueis you're right. Master. You're right. He might be around during this time period. You're right, Chris. You should look that up. Yeah. When was when was when was Plagueis alive? Yeah. When was when was Darth Darth Plagueis? I'm talking. Yeah. I'm thinking Darth Bane is what I was. Oh, Darth Bane. Of. Yeah. Sorry. No. No. It was no. the rule of two. Yeah. Darth. We are we're we're way into the we're in the weeds. Star we're very the much star in weeds. The weeds. <laughs> are there weeds in Star Wars, Chris? That's what the I uh, need to look that that's, up too. that's what the the drug smugglers. That's what they're smuggling are are starweed. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly like the spice runners. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Starweed. like it's just it's just drugs, you know. That's gonna be the next. That's... But it's like it's that's a more dangerous drug. That's more like um. That's yeah. Anyway, that's gonna be the next. Uh, now we're getting into Star the next Wars HBO drug show. War. Starweeds. <laughs> Starweeds. <laughs> no, the uh, the spice runners. Like, I don't, whatever the spice is that they're running or whatever is super like deadly and dangerous if mixed in the wrong capacity, like wrong uh, mm. wrong dosage or whatever. So mm. anyway, um. So that all that being all that being said, now that we're we're kind of yeah, yeah. just like in it. I don't know. There's a couple. Th- I have feelings, John. A. I don't know how much I'm going to keep up with this. Mm-hmm. Oh, what you mean with Clone Wars or no, with the High Republic? With the High Republic okay. stuff because it, it's not in a. I mean, comics I read regularly. The books uh-huh. are, I'm hit or miss on. Yeah. Um. But I also have no emotional investment in it if it doesn't relate to anything that I currently know in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm okay with just like a generic story being told about the Jedi. That's great. You know, like say say the Jedi. Is it the Jedi? Are we talking about the Jedi? Yeah, we're talking about the Jedi. Okay, that's Um, fine. But they were talking about how the Jedi are like the the, uh, Republic doesn't have all of the – the galaxy like is not and doesn't include all of the galaxy yet or isn't isn't as expansive and so it's more like essentially jedi but wild west you know where it's like we're expanding mm. we're going out we're figuring out like what's up with these like uncharted areas uncharted planets cool. as jedi like how it, would jedi handle it this? honestly just comes down to like are the are these compelling stories correct like and just like and, any and other properties, you know, literally any other property, it's like just because it's in the Star Wars universe doesn't necessarily mean like it's an. And that's the part read. I guess that feels like kind of like just phoned in, possibly. Maybe it depends because like my thing is like I love me some some good space odyssey or space no, totally. like space cowboy kind of yeah. stuff like destiny yeah. for example is kind of that way where it's yeah. like oh this is like gunslinging in the stars yeah and so if it's kind of like that like and it's a good story within that that setting like i'm more likely to read like that than i am just any random gunslinger you know, in the stars type of a story, you know, but just because it's got Star Wars on it, it's like, okay, well, now I'm more likely to see that. I'm more likely to be like, hey, this is going to be something I will definitely read. I also, like, you already understand a lot of what's going on in the universe, a lot of the, the powers with the Force and things like that, um, and a lot of the d- power dynamics at play. Um, Darth Plagueis looked it up. Darth Plagueis died sometime before Darth Maul became his uh, Palpatine's apprentice, but so it was before he became chancellor, before he became a senator, before we really even encounter uh, Palpatine, like in the movies. How, how old was he when he died, though? And it didn't say. Okay. All right. I don't know that anyone in in canon has actually said. All right. So maybe, maybe depends on how old he was. Yeah, if he was hundreds of years old. I mean, if he was using that uh, the old Sith. Uh, Sith, whatever that mechanism that you know keeps Sith alive for a long time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, 
Anakin, you know, what's the, some things that I kind of call unnatural. You yes. Know? So maybe he was unnaturally prolonging his life somehow there. Anyway, Chris, it's interesting. I'm 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 down. Like I'll I'll, uh, I'll see what the the same as any like relaunch of comics or any like yeah. big big thing. Like I'll see what stories are, like appeal to me and then yeah. like go from there. Yeah. Um, think about the Clone Wars, Chris. Mm. That I wanted to say going back to the Clone going Wars. Going back to the Clone Wars. We're yeah. back there. This episode was gorgeous. Like mm. there was some like whenever it was canceled. This episode in particular, I remember seeing like some really terrible looking uh, CG like mock-ups mm. of some of the things like with the character saying there's like basically like uh, a uh, storyboard mm-hmm. essentially of the episode a little bit and uh, like and 3D? so yeah like in 3D like in like with a terrible I mean, looking. I mean, model. Has it, have the files for this <laughs> just been sitting around on a you know a computer laptop just or left, a tower left somewhere? unfinished like where it's like years. they just don't have textures on them and things like that because it looks real bad um but yeah i would something imagine ru- so. something running you know windows 2000 or something xp well and that's the XP. thing even about like some of ahsoka's story for instance like dave filoni has done like interviews uh like or comic cons or like panels or whatever where he's like talked about that he he knew exactly and knows exactly like how he wants the clone wars ahsoka story to kind of go mm. like end and go mm. and so it's like you know so he's like had the scripts had the th- like they they essentially just were in the middle of production on this season um and then whenever disney bought them they pff, shut it down so dumb um and they finished the ones that are that are too far along to to do and that's how we got like those last like 12 episodes or eight episodes in that last season uh season what would have been six or five whichever six. i guess five, yeah, no, five. Is, you're right five five you're right um so season right? five existed only because disney was like okay just finish the ones that are too far yeah to you know and then then the ones that you have in production like that are not farther along like just shut that down um so potentially these have been in uh, various stages of like not being completed yeah. for a long time um but i loved it dude there's there's one uh, there's like a one shot quote unquote like in this one, like where like the the actions happening around them are swooping through the thing, like as they were entering one of the buildings, um, with uh, one of the, like the outbuildings on this episode. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, super yeah, cool. That was it was cool. it was a it yeah. was a cool like action sequence. Yeah. I was like, this is uh this is something that I hadn't seen in Clone Wars to this point. So Interesting. It's very very cool. That's I dig cool. it, dude. Yep. So that's what I went up to and think about. Me too, man. Um, we kind of have some news that relates to that. All right, some news. The news! All right, we have three pieces of news. The first one was uh, talking about Bob Iger has stepped down as CEO from Disney. Yeah. This is from CNBC, Lauren Feiner. Um, These are just the bullet points. Disney announced Tuesday that CEO Bob Iger will step down from the role and become executive chairman through 2021, effective immediately. Bob Chapek, who most recently served as chairman of Disney Parks, Experiences, and Products, will assume the role of CEO. Iger plans to focus on Disney's creative strategy through the remainder of his tenure. He had previously announced that he would he was going to step down in 2021, yep. but it sounded like that makes it sound like he's he's going to step down as CEO. Then right. he uh, is quoted by saying. Um, uh, oh, wait, not quoted. He said he decided to step down now because he wanted to focus on the creative side now that major projects like Fox, the Fox merger and launch of Disney Plus were behind him. Mm-hmm. Iger said he would be able to help transition Chape back into the role while serving as a executive chairman. Iger says, quote, with everything else falling into place, the time seemed right. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, like, hey, 
if you can make the transition easier and smoother by just like being there mm-hmm. to help support whenever you know. Otherwise, I feel like you're getting calls in the middle of the night after you've retired. Oh, I like, do totally. Hey, uh, Bob, where'd you uh, where'd you put the keys to the uh, <laughs> the old engine room down here? To, to the money vault. Yeah. Where's the, where's the where keys? The keys? <laughs> where's the keys to the blocks of gold? Is there a place that you put Mickey at night? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but dude, yeah, yeah. He was Bob Iger was originally gonna retire, like originally, originally in like 2018, and so like this is already like two years past whenever he was going to because yeah. of the different like because because of the Fox thing because of, like so like he and then it was like oh 2021 now and so like I. I would would hope that like that like transition of like okay well like from 2018 to 2021 where he's yeah. finally out the door hopefully it's like that makes it smoother yeah you know I, over I, the course of four I, years I think life is just funny you know like where yeah. I mean you always think like oh yeah yeah uh, in four in four years I'm gonna be ready and <laughs> like right. yeah you get there you're like I still feel pretty young I yeah. feel I'm not dead yet uh, you know I'm you know I feel like I could keep going so you just keep going and then yeah. you're like ah this is a little this is a little much. I'm just. I feel. I feel like this is a great time. We've done a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. If I exit now, I'm not starting anything new. Because I mean, you think about things that like he's talking about. You know, mm-hmm. the Disney Plus has been a long time in the making. For sure. Fox merger has been a long time in the making. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars has, has finished the end of its like Skywalker saga, its trilogy right, that right. he initiated. Marvel has just gotten through its first ten years. Like it's. This is kind of a a kind of a, a landmark moment mm-hmm. in the history of Disney as a company anyway. Yeah. Well, it's like, if not now, when would be a better time? Right. You I know? Mean, and no one wants to start a big project and then like right. leave in the middle of it. It's kind of like, okay, all these things have been, and I'm sure they have other things in the works, you know, like they always do, but like, right. it seems like they've, they've now landed a lot of things that Bob Iger uh, has been working on over the past few years. Oh yeah. 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 Like, I mean, but he, I mean, he's been around since like, I think he under, didn't didn't he he was there for the Pixar merger. Believe so, I believe. Yes. And Marvel he, for sure. And he helped expand expand the parks, like mm-hmm. built like Hong Kong and Paris. Did that open up uh, under his tenure. It's a good question. I don't know. I could probably we find. Probably well, look, anyway, look at it, but um, but then you know, I don't know. You just look over. You know, as, as a person, you're just like, okay, well, this is the right time, and I get yeah. that. So, yeah. um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. I mean, and and I'm not sure how much we'll feel it off the bat, like, because creatively, again, if he's on board creatively through 2021, it's like you probably won't feel too much of it. Um, and then a lot of those projects will be in the works for a lot longer than even that, um, you know, because things don't just come out immediately. And so it'll be interesting to see how the transition happens, how what the effects of this transition are over time. Um Bob Iger, while like sometimes like he he like you know makes strange quotes or like whatever, but at at the same time he's made some like really good decisions. Like you said, it's like he's a, he's made a lot of great acquisitions. It's been a huge expansion for that company. Um, but at the same time, like you know him transitioning out of this role, Bob Chapek. It being in, in the head of the uh, the Disney parks, like that's the only one that I I kind of am am concerned a little bit about because yeah. since he became like in 2015, whenever Bob Chapek took over the head of the Disney parks, since that time, I believe that every single year there's been a ma- massive like price increase, like a pretty big outstripping inflation for sure price increase on uh, a lot of the 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 theme parks, um, and 
you know, obviously like under him, like there's the parks have gotten cooler, like the star Wars land that happened. Like, that's really cool. Like that's a really good addition, but at the same time, some of the experiences are a little bit less, uh, less friendly where like some of the special ticket events have been super crowded, um, and still really expensive. And so it's like, they're both more expensive and they're like pushing the park to capacity. So yeah. it's, there's, you know, from a, from a consumer level, it's like the, those are, those are things where I'm like, I don't know how, like, I don't know how I, like those things yeah and i'm not sure how i like the person who's done some of those things and made those decisions like taking over for the entire company oh here's the then thing again, at the same time i'm not sure that like you can't like raise the price of a movie ticket you know so it's like i don't think you know it's not right. like he's gonna like you know price you out of that but yeah it's, uh, well it's here, interesting. I mean, but here's the thing like like you said i mean the parks are still hitting capacity yeah and so from a company standpoint it's just uh, a. Yeah. It's nothing but a win. Oh yeah, from there's a no, stockholder perspective, there's no, it's there's totally no downside. A win. So like, I mean, I know as a consumer, I like to say like, yeah, I wish tickets were less expensive or yeah. blah blah blah. Right. But like, the real value of any commodity is what the market's willing to pay. And sure. If, like honestly, as for the for the business for the parks, like if I was running the parks, the sweet spot would be how high can we price these tickets and still pack out the park yeah that's always going to be like the the spot you should try to live in well and i I feel like you know some of those that like gets away from what walt disney would have wanted back in the day but it's like we're so far away from that and you know at this point you know that it's like i don't know how much of a consideration that should be well it's like what demographic of people are you are you looking to have in the park as well like and you know that's those are all like Disney parks kind of uh, right. questions again, like with him taking over for the entire company. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know how much many of those like decisions that I like see as like, Oh, all you're going to get is like super wealthy people going to the parks after a certain point, And you're not going to be accessible to everybody. Um, well, that's why you have to make sure your capacity is such that like, cause this is the thing. Otherwise, if you, put, you say, say they decide to go out right now and price tickets at $20, you would be sold out so quick oh, for yeah. the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. That there would be like, like to me, that's a that's a situation no, yeah, that's, you don't want. That's a nightmare. I mean, and then the other side of that is like, well, you could just limit then even further limit the number of people that you allow into the park. Where it's like you don't have to be at like fire uh, code capacity. You can be below that, which is what they used to do for like their uh, Halloween parties and their Christmas parties. Um, whenever you'd buy a special ticket event for like. Uh, more expensive than a normal park ticket to go to these parties that only last like four hours. Which honestly, like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, uh, that sounds appealing to me. Yeah. You're saying I'm buying, I have a ticket uh-huh. that 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 lessens the amount of people. Totally. Like most of the time, I feel like those parks are too packed out anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, then but then since he's taken over, that like they don't limit, they don't artificially limit the number of people mm-hmm. that go to those things anymore. Yeah, and so you're paying more for. Uh, even more packed out, like at capacity, kind of yeah. you know thing. And I so, get it. I understand. I, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that there would be. I feel like I would make a lot of the same decisions. And like because like with the fiduciary responsibility yeah. of a publicly traded company, yeah. like Disney, like you, they have to. They yeah. have to make money. Like they can't like make a decision that would like make them less money. Yeah, like that's just how like it. Or you works. shouldn't, you know, like unless it's an ethically wrong right. decision. You know what true, I mean? True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not gonna serve. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. You're not. You're not like you know. Yeah. Here, let's uh, lace this with, our, uh, with poison. All our beef for uh, you know yeah. horse meat or something <laughs> ridiculous. Water, water cleaning. Nah, we're not <laughs> no. gonna do it. Just serve it. Serve. Uh, serve just unpotable yeah. water. Um, but yeah, dude, like it, you know, anyway, this, this whole transition, like it'll be interesting to see yeah, what this pays off yeah. as is like creatively in like 
2021, but like from a business perspective um, now, and like you said, like this is a great time to do it. It's funny, like the uh, Bob Iger quote about like Chapek as like whenever, whenever he was, uh, you know, he says that he would be, uh, let me see, let me find, find that exact quote. He says, while, while Bob Chapek delves deeper into the multifaceted businesses uh, and operations uh, worldwide. So it's like, it's like he's like, oh, yeah, well, Bob gets his feet under him with this big, gigantic worldwide business. You know, I'm yeah. going to be over here doing the creative stuff, totally. you know. I mean, I get it. I mean, it's a huge job. Yeah. And, like, I'm sure they have checks and balances. Like, I, you know, I was just kind of sitting here thinking, I don't know that I would ever want that job. Mm-mm. That's just like so, – it's almost I – mean, it's not on this level, but it's like almost like being the president mm. where you're like – you have a huge cultural impact yeah. across the world, yeah. not just you know one country, yeah. the whole world. And I'm not saying that it's this equal; those no. are equal jobs no. with equal pressures. No, no. But, you know, like but Bob like, Iger doesn't have a nuclear code key right, or whatever. Right, right, right. But uh, you know, it's Disney. Can't man. declare war on somebody. Yeah, everyone you know? knows Disney, and if you screw it up. You're, right. Well, you're at least out on your butt. Well, you know, you're not. You know. And there have been like some 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 pretty big failures. Like whenever they first opened like Euro Disney, which is like Disneyland Paris or whatever. They first opened that was a terrible failure or whatever. And then whenever they first opened like the uh, the Disney in in um, Shanghai, like that's just big problems. Like with with a lot of like the the more expansive things that they've done. Um, and if you think about like whenever Bob Iger took over, they didn't own Marvel. They didn't own Mm-mm. Star. Like the no. things that that like yeah. billions and billions of dollars that like this one job determines whether or not you spend as well as make that money, like, or acquire those things to, to then generate more money. Like it's yeah. like, that's just a, the pressure, yeah. the sheer amount of pressure in that job is, uh, yeah. as well as being like a public kind of a, a public figure. Yeah. It's, it's a lot, dude. It's crazy, man. It's a lot. Well, uh, I wish well to, uh, good old Bob Iger mm-hmm. and Bob Chapek. All right, for our next news story. Did we say we had three? I think you we said we two. had three. We, had, we I, just I, have like, two. The third one was the Star Wars one that we talked about before the news segment yeah, is what yeah. I was thinking. So, Well, we all, well, uh, technically our main segment is news, but that's whatever. That's true, that's true. So, all right, so the, the next one, this is an article. For, I'm not going to read this whole thing either, but this is uh, from gamesindustry.biz. It's a really written, good article. Written by Rebecca Valentine. She's a really good writer. Yep. Game Stops Concept Stores. A laboratory, not a Hail Mary. Weird title. Basically, <laughs> dude, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like these like uh, really uh, astute, uh, but also like interesting comparisons that she makes throughout this article. Which I like, I was like, I was oh, like, yeah, oh, that a, explains exactly article. what this, this is. This is just not an ac- This is not a, a clickable title. Uh, basically, so uh, GameStop in um, Arizona, Tulsa, Arizona has Oklahoma. Air- Oklahoma. There it is. Yep. Tulsa, Tulsa, <laughs> Tulsa Arizona. Unless they moved oh, Tulsa. Hang on. I want to see if they, yeah, they picked it up and they <laughs> moved it. <laughs> it's like the SpongeBob the episode town. where they moved the town with, uh, yeah. you know, from Wormy or whatever. I know. That's, one, that's my favorite, uh, that's my favorite SpongeBob. Um, I'm actually, I'm kind of actually getting super pumped about the new SpongeBob movie. Did you know it's a prequel? Is it, it's a prequel? It's a prequel. I'm excited. How is Sandy Cheeks in it if it's a prequel? Look it up. All right. uh, or look up the, the, the synopsis on IMDb. I was reading this the other day okay. while I'm trying to figure out if there's actually a Tulsa, Arizona. <laughs> there might be, honestly. I just want to see, you know, because 
There's like numerous Tulsa, towns that are like the same Arizona. name or different, different no, states. No, there's just a Tucson, Arizona. Ah, yes. Which I is. knew that, <laughs> but uh, Google's throwing that in my face. Like I'm an idiot and don't know how to spell Tucson. <laughs> They're like, did you mean? Did you mean Tucson? I love that they like they assume that you got the state Say, correct. Yeah, the state. They're like, surely you got the state right. Surely you're in the right. There's no way he would have said Tulsa, Arizona. They're like those things are thousands of miles he apart from each other. Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> um. Anyway. Oh uh, man. Oh, how did we get on this? Um, oh man. Oh, so uh, GameStop has uh, launched some test stores in Tulsa, Oklahoma, four mm-hmm. of them, and they are geared around uh, more of a hobby, what they keep calling a hobby store, quote-unquote, yeah. uh, where you can come and play uh, tabletop games. Um, well, actually, so there's like – she, she re- like references like three different types of stores, but they all sound the same except for one. One of them is just like it has a bunch of uh, retro games. So it's like a retro yeah. game store. So it's kind of like if you went to – I can't even. I don't even know the local like Murfreesboro. There's it's like <laughs> Mom and Pop's game store. I don't know. Whatever it is, right there by the Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they just play. They they have a ton of old like classic games and systems, and that's what one of them is. The rest of them all have like these uh, stations where you can play for the first hour for free. You can sit down and you can play uh, a PC. PlayStation, Switch, Xbox, all hooked up to this screen that you choose to play. Um, some of them require you to have uh, power-ups, pro memberships, or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. the power-up. Well, they're like, oh, they have a Fortnite night yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so that, I was getting to that. So like, they, they have these kind of stations, and then they have these tabletop gaming stations, and they'll have like D&D like, nights. They have, yeah, Fortnite Fridays they keep yeah. talking about. Um, and some, some tournaments where you can some can earn some V bucks. Yeah, um, they have uh, uh, just different like events and and they're more of a destination hangout spot. Yeah. than anything. Which honestly, like I've seen some some people making fun of this on the internet, but th- we've talked about this for a while. We're like. That sounds awesome. Yeah. That sounds like the local comic shops. That, that actually we go to. sounds like really cool for video games. Yeah. Like, I mean, and so for, for one side of things, like the uh, starting with, with that one, the, the one with like the, the Fortnite Fridays and stuff, I think that's a really cool idea. Um, and the implementation, like whenever they were talking about the different, she was saying this type of store and this type of store, it was basically a matter of scale where one of them has like a bunch of seats and the other one has like 12 uh, stations where you can where you can play these tournaments and things. So um, it was just basically like, oh, this one's a lot larger, so you can do a lot larger tournaments. This one's a lot smaller, so you can, you know, you can't do as, as many big saying. games. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a matter of like scale of yeah. like, so the one like down the road for me, it's a relatively small shop. If they were to convert that into one of these concept oh, stores, yeah. totally. it would be one of the 12 station ones. Right. Um, they were also talking about like reducing seen in order to like use that space for those stations they have to reduce the amount of product that they have out right. by 20 percent. i think they were saying no. in there uh or maybe it was 80 percent. okay it's basically taking, so, taking away the 80 percent of merchandise that just sits there and doesn't sell right to the skews to the items the 20 percent that do yeah and then you know and we, then there was a comment in there like they're like actually the other 20 percent doesn't sell that great either <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you talking about <laughs> 
This is why you're in trouble, oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. And the, like the interesting thing within the article as well, there's a Hamlin was the it's last ridiculous. name of, of one of the people that. that oh, yeah. That Frank. Frank yeah. I was going to read this section. And can, can, I, can I read? Yeah. Or, go for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. That, that was like one of my favorite sections in there because like this person like had this idea a long time ago. And I was like, well, why didn't you? Yeah. There, well, there's a couple things in that. Uh, the social concept is just one of what GameStop leadership calls the company's quote, laboratories, where it's conducting, quote, experiments to determine how it can get more customers in the door. It's a philosophy that Chief Customer Officer Frank Hamlin wishes the company had tried long ago, specifically about six years ago when he first suggested the experiment's fundamentals. <laughs> I can track it back to the day whenever I, can, I had this idea. Years ago, whenever I first said it. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the story, like the story yeah. of like, the he, continues. This is the funny, Hamlin describes himself as a, quote, suit and not a quote, core gamer, who at the time <laughs> thought of gamers as the stereotype hidden in a basement, eating Cheetos, never interacting with others. And this was the person running GameStop this up until 2015. that six years ago they hired and thought, this is the great person to run our business. The <laughs> guy who, who, who does not understand gamers at all. This is how, why GameStop got into the, the state that they're in. Yeah. To his credit, though, uh, yeah. going back to the article. But while working at GameStop in 2014, he attended E3 and changed his tune entirely yeah. when he saw the social, friendly, passionate communities of gaming fans interacting with one another just as enthusiastically as fans of music or sports or any other entertainment medium. Like we always have. Like humans do. <laughs> Not trolls who live, live under a bridge. <laughs> Uh, this is a quote from Hamlin. I came back from E3 in 2014 and I went to the then regime. Oh, <laughs> like, so, it's like he's going to Kim Jong un. The way he's phrasing these. <laughs> it's just like he's in North Korea, man. <laughs> I went to the then regime and I said, We are missing out. <laughs> I mean, if it's accurate, you know, oh, it's an enormous opportunity. <laughs> Uh, and I said, I, and I use this incredibly politically incorrectly. Oh, this is the other part. This is like, okay, if E3 yeah. is the Vatican, then why is GameStop not the local church? I pitched the ability to do what we ended up doing now, starting back in 2014, which is to do a real deep dive into understanding who our customers are, what customers we are not acquiring, and what is a retail experience from GameStop that truly embraces the modern gamer. The one, the call, I, I, like the thing I think is funny in there is... E3 is kind of falling apart, and they're like, hey, let's just be more like E3. Well, actually, we should be more like that. Well, I mean, E3, like the thing that E3, like, that's fascinating about the whenever he went to E3 was that was the press only E3. Yeah, yeah, that, that wasn't, wasn't the, the consumer that wasn't, facing. Like, yeah, it's like, and he he definitely didn't like experience like a PAX or something right. that like actually that's what has he should be like to. the really know. goodwill. Like, I mean, yeah. that's like the communities and the the that's a consumer facing show. It's like that's yeah. Anyway, uh, but unfortunately for Hamlin and possibly GameStop, his strategy was rejected at the time. Instead, GameStop took on a diversification strategy. One Hamlin says he was quote not personally thrilled with. He says, we're in well, a very... Well, can say that now because it didn't work. Right, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a genius idea. Uh, he says, well, I mean, that's the only reason he's in charge now because the other one didn't work. Right, right. You know? Otherwise, he's, they, they ignored him. Yeah, like he left the company for like a uh, year. Oh, yeah. Uh, he says, quote, we're in a very cyclical seasonal business, but digital game distribution hurts our traffic. Digitization has effectively changed the world in two very meaningful ways. Number one, sitting on your couch, downloading a game has become a better, more convenient experience. When you do that, that's a trip you're not making to our store, which is a problem we need to solve. The second thing that happens is with multiplayer. Grand Theft Auto is still a top 20 seller every year because of multiplayer. These games stay in power is a lot longer than it used to be when it was a single-player completionist pursuit. Hamlin departed in 2016 and he spent a few years after that working in men's apparel but as he tells it he got a call in 2018 from then interim ceo dan 
De Matteo saying they needed Hamlin back. GameStop was ready to refocus on the core of its business. Hamlin was adamant that if he came back, GameStop would have to double down on his plan to test how consumers reacted to new different experiences at GameStops. De Matteo agreed, and GameStop's Tulsa Laboratory was born. What's funny is that he got that call in 2018, mm-hmm. and just now we're getting these laboratories. Yeah, it's like, how, what have we been them. doing spinning these things up in, for the last like two years? Yeah, um, this is a big quote from Am- Hamlin, and then I think uh, we're good. Uh, the experiment in Tulsa is, do people want to experience in real life the same thing that they're experiencing virtually from a cultural and social standpoint with modern gaming? I believe that they do. I believe there is a latent, innate human need based on what you see at E3 or Comic-Con or PAX where people want to consort in real life with other people that are doing this, and that is a much more powerful notion than doing it over your headset. That's a great way to do it, to fill the gaps in between when when you're with people, but if you can have a local place that you can do this together on a regular basis that's within reach, it seems to me a very worthy experience. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah. It's just like, wow, that's super wholesome, and like, I totally get it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for for a suit, yeah. he he gets me. Well, he like he clearly like realized at some point like, oh man, I had this all wrong. Yeah. What do people actually want? There's a quote in there where he says like, hey, we're never going to be able to compete with like uh, ho- local hobby stores. When, specifically, whenever he's talking about like D and D tournaments, right, and right, right, tabletop right. gaming, like that's. I think he, that's him recognizing that is not the core of like who's coming to GameStop in the right, first place. Right. We'll never be that, but. I think he's trying to take take that same idea and community and supplant it into yeah, uh, or plant it into yeah. GameStop. It's interesting, like even like I've always always thought because like they're GameStop, they're not video GameStop, right? Right. And oh, so yeah. it's like tabletop games, like they but could they, they could easily like do some of that. They could. I mean, the thing is, like I never go there. Like I mean, they always have game. Like if yep. I, we went into the local GameStop right now, there would be a like a Mario Monopoly. And like a Fortnite sure. clue. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like all these different Who, versions. Was it the pickaxe? Everything is everything, a pickaxe, guys. Everything is with the pickaxe. There's no other weapon in this game. Uh, yeah. So like, but they've never been like, hey, I'm going to go, you know, find the latest Catan right. expansion. Right. You and know? I don't think they, like, I mean, and like you said, they won't ever be that. No. But I do think like the D&D connection, like there's a lot of uh, of, of video gaming people that like D and D that like would love to play D and D with other video gaming people. And there's, then there's this whole other group of video gaming people who have never played D and D and the people like they, they cross over all the time. Like, and that's why like you go to like things like, packs or things like uh, these like bigger conventions and yeah. they have like a tabletop like where hey come here and play some games play some D. we're gonna do a D game with these uh personalities from yeah. your video game podcast and stuff so i think like, super cool more and more people just want to be with other people who like the thing same things they do yeah you know that's i mean that's why um that's why local hobby game stores are still around. Like you look at all the game, all the all the local stores that are out of business. Yeah, you know, and maybe there were there used to be more. I don't know, but like probably there's, there's still, uh, except for like the, except for like the chains. Like mm-hmm. there were there were, I think there were more chains back sure. in the days. Like more mid size kind yeah, of uh, companies of franchises with like lo- like several different locations. But like yeah. the places that are like you know like our local like place Ricks. Yeah, like. Uh, it's the comic shop we go to, and they do some of this kind of stuff as well. It's like the reason it's still around is because of that community around that store, and that's why I think they're trying to to create with GameStop. Yeah, if they can do it in the right way, yeah, then 
Dude, I'm told like I miss going down to the GameStop and standing in line for a midnight release. Yeah, and the only reason we don't have to do it anymore is what he's saying because you can preload it on your console and play at midnight. Why would I not want to do that? Right, right. Uh, I recently did it for Red Dead Redemption because I wanted like the like special version with the map and all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, it was cool to stand there. Like I literally only stood there for like 30 minutes with oh, yeah. with people, but like we just talked about how much we love the first game and like sure. you know. Kind of like talking about like what we expected from the new one and all that kind of stuff, and yeah. it was awesome. It was great, and it's uh, a great time. It makes you feel connected, like rather yeah. than like like he says, like you're rather than just you know kind of sitting there you know solitarily downloading something, yeah. and then playing it or whatever. It's like you go and you do like something that's semi-social, like yeah. and, and like you can be as social as you want to be with it. Like right. if if you want to pop in headphones and not talk to anybody, that's also totally fine. Right. Um, but like at the same time, like. It's really fun to chat with those people for that for that thirty minutes, you and, know. And and that's the thing, like you know, if I would love to try that kind of experience at our game stops, yeah, and then see what kind of because honestly, it, to me, it's about the community that kind of like coalesces around that store. Yeah, you know, like who are the people that you're actually hanging out with, right? And do you want to <clears> hang out with them more? And so that's where you like you need to be fostering, you know, like repeat customers and like incentivizing them to come back and like they talk about how they're going to sell snacks and drinks so like people stay in there longer yeah. you know like uh, you can use a bathroom yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not like you, no you can't use this restroom no. you know um you probably have to like scan your power up rewards card or something like that be before there. before you use the restroom though yeah. you know just um the uh the interesting thing about the power up rewards thing they were mentioning was like okay well you can you can join some of these tournaments on the free version of yeah. that membership but you have to have that membership yeah um, and I, I was like okay that, that makes sense it's literally just like hey take your name and your number and your email address and your email address and like yeah. that's it you yeah. know it's like okay I'm fine with that which like, makes sense because like they want to be able to market to you and say, yeah. tell you when the next event is and blah 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 right and it's like obviously like you you know if you win V bucks or something like that it's yeah, like they have, not, to, they have to, to give you something you know it's yeah. like you have to get get some information from you um, but yeah it's like you know, it makes all of this makes sense. My curiosity is: is this too late? Mm-hmm. And it's like I hope that it's not because I like I, I've talked about like I like GameStop. I, I every time I'm in a GameStop, like there's only been one experience that I've ever had with any GameStop that I've ever been to. One experience where like the staff there just was not not like together like what it was. Yeah. They were a little either like forceful about it or like they were just like it's just not in in the right. They weren't reading the room or whatever, you know. Um, and it's like every other GameStop I've ever been in, they're just the most friendly like people, and yeah. they don't really like try to force anything, uh, you know, sales. Like they'll they'll ask you every single time that you check out or like, do you want to sign up for X Y Z? No, okay, and then you just move on. But you know, it's like, but they're super friendly. They're very knowledgeable uh, yeah. as far as the games go too. Yeah, I mean, and that always comes down to like just like individual stores and the leadership there and the people who are there, like, but. Uh, um, this is just a quick like aside like uh, Simon Sinek who's kind of he's an author and kind of a thought leader he's like I've uh, seen him speak a couple times and he tells a story about uh, this person that he ran into at um, I can't remember what restaurant who was just killing it or it was a hotel that's what it was and he he ran into the two at the hotel and he was just killing it and he like super served him and all that kind of stuff he's like you know like kind of asked him what he did and what, what he loved he's like he's like oh I love this is my favorite job I love this job this is the best job I've ever worked and he said, well, what do, you, what do you love about it? And um, he said, well, I also work at this other hotel. It's like, and um, here I'm empowered to, like, they, they asked me how, my leaders asked me how they could help me do my job better. Mm-hmm. At the other place I work, 
they you feel like they're just basically walking around to catch you doing something wrong. Yeah. And so you, you think about like from the same and Simon Sinek's point is from the same person in two different environments, mm-hmm. you're going to receive drastically different uh, levels of customer service mm-hmm. based on the the environment the leadership has created there. Yeah. And so it, it honestly, like you know, it's it should be empowering to local GameStop stores because like that's something in the article that they talked about. Like the, they've given the stores pretty much kind of freedom uh, to decide what like events they hold. You know, yeah. do they do Fortnite Fridays or do they do something else? Yeah. Which I think that's 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 cool. Smart. That's really because smart. it's like hey. The person who is more in tune with your local uh, scene, yeah. uh, if you want to call it that, should be those people. Right. But and it should also be empowering to those local GameStop uh, managers mm-hmm. to say, "Listen, if you're going to succeed, it's on you and the environment that you create for your customers and your employees." Yeah. And I guess like that's the like the businesses that uh, that I can think of that have have done that really well. Like there's uh, there's specific like bike shops here in, around town in Nashville mm. or whatever. And uh, it's there there's a chain. I think it's only the three locations, but it's Moab. Mm. There's one up in East Nashville. There's one in Franklin. And there's one in Murfreesboro. Yeah. And they talk about like on each one of their like pages or whatever. They're like they're like they are like they're the same company, but they are. Basically, they they have the vibe of the places that they're in. Like it's yeah. we're not like putting anything out there like universally to all of them. Yeah. And so like you know you go to the one in East Nashville. It's like it's there's a vastly different vibe between that one and the one in Franklin. And it's like pick the one that you prefer. And it's like you know obviously like you know being a natural the East Nashville one like per, is my preferred one. So it's like it makes sense that if you have like a game like oh man that GameStop like down the street from me like they they are they should and and will be speaking to you you know because they're hopefully. Like, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Like if they're if they're good at it, you know, and it's like if it's if it's the right thing. So it's like that that makes a lot of sense to like go, hey, what events do you want to do? You know, yeah. here yeah, do like four events a month or do like whatever four yeah. events a week and see how it all works out. So do do more of the ones that work, do less of the ones that don't, and like each individual store making those decisions only makes sense. Totally, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm yeah. hopeful. Fingers crossed. You know, I'll try it out. I'll definitely try it out. Um, I do. W- like you said, like he was re- rehired like in 2018. It's like, oh man, we've been spinning this thing up for the last like two years or a year and a half at least, yeah. you know? So I do hope that it kind of progresses because even in the article, Rebecca mentions that like, that she says that this, the, the strategy you're talking about is like, is you're talking about it as if this is a company that is like doing well and oh, this is a new thing that we're investigating. She's like, but GameStop is quite publicly not doing super well. She's like, so I don't know that, you know, she's like, do you guys have the time and luxury to do this? And the guy was like, he was like, yeah. He's like, but the thing is, he's like, if we rush this out the door, like we, it wouldn't work. We have to do it right. Totally. And we have to do it, you know, so it's like, and I agree with that. It's like, that makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, you know, you think about, let's use like Toys R Us. They're a recent example as, as an example, like, or even Blockbuster, you know, like in the last, you know, in the last, whenever they started their decline, they started panicking and Toys R Us bought a bunch of companies with debt that they couldn't, ended up not being able to handle. But at the time it seemed like a good idea because they're just like, well, we got to do something. So let's do this real fast. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like Blockbuster. They started like, I forget what they bought, like some kind of streaming service and tried to start some kind of streaming service, but it was like too late and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, uh, the, the worst thing <laughs> as a, for a company to do, like, like honestly, like even if they had to close some s- stores, like do that before you make a hard, yeah, r- irrational, uh, 
reactionary decision mm-hmm. that will drastically change your company. Sure. Like no, if you're gonna make like, uh, if you know that you're gonna you're gonna do it, like know that it works. Right. You know. Right. And and I get that. Like just spend the time now versus like makes sense the huge mistakes later. You oh, know? dude, like, yeah. I mean, makes, if they roll if they rolled this out imp- incorrectly, and it's like one small tweak could have saved it. Yeah. It's like then then it was worth the research. Well, like if you know? one if one of these stores fail yeah. fails doesn't matter. Right. You know like. It matters though if you roll this out to hundreds of stores nationwide, yeah. and they all fail, or even half of them. You know, yep. where it's like, oh man, if we'd uh, if we'd made those the other half a yeah. vintage store, or if we'd made that other half like a different thing, or if we just closed those all together in the beginning, yeah. Like, I mean, the the data and research that they're doing now will potentially help them, you know, later yeah. on. So, I mean, f- trying new things and failing is not a bad thing, but you have to make sure that you're making non-fatal failures. Right, you're setting yourself up for. Failures that are not fatal. But Chris, there's one more blockbuster in the in the world. Oh yeah, the last blockbuster. The last blockbuster in Bend, Oregon. <laughs> I really want to go there sometime. I, know, I, know, I do too. It's actually, all, like I, I like I wonder how many people get, go and get a blockbuster card, like a blockbuster membership, just like because it's like. I mean, the is last that even a thing anymore? Yeah, yeah. You can go there and get a membership, like to their <laughs> to, to what their, to their blockbuster and get your like little card. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's amazing. That's great. That's the news. All right, John, this has been a great podcast. Agreed. This is chock full of information. Lots of information. How long have we been Lots recording? of discussion topics. We've been talking for 50 minutes. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, this is an article on Xbox news.xbox.com by Phil Spencer. Head <laughs> Author. Of, head Phil of Xbox. Spencer. I'm sure it has all been written by him, every word. There, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I'm going to read through this. Um, I do love that, like Phil Spencer, like recently anyway, has been putting out like these big blog posts and things like that. Like it's, and uh, whether it's about like the community or whether it's about like their new community rules or like whether it's about the next Xbox, it's like it is cool that to hear from the public face of Xbox. Yeah. All right. This is titled "What You Can Expect from the Next Generation of Gaming," and it's it's interesting. You know, we've been talking for years about like what we think their future is. At, at down below this article is linked after E three two thousand sixteen, which that would have been. Would that have been one of the first? No. What? When did we start this podcast? Oh man! I mean, uh, we started it right around the launch of the the Xbox One. So it would have been before this. So we would have covered this. Um, there was the Gaming Without Boundaries, our vision for the future of Xbox. This is whenever they started talking about like playing anywhere you want to and like yes. the future and the cloud and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And I remember that happening. So this is his follow-up to that, which is kind of cool. I like that. That's cool. Yep. Um, this is the article. The future of gaming has never been more inspiring. Creativity in games is flourishing. New services empower you to discover more games and bring you closer to the games and creators and streamers you love. The cloud creates a massive opportunity to stream console-quality games and play with the people you want, wherever you want. And for many of us, nothing is more inspiring than the dawn of a new console generation. We know you expect the next generation of consoles to set new standards in graphical power and processing speed, converging together in games that look incredible and feel alive. This will be defined by worlds that are visually astounding and immediately immersive with innovative leaps in CPU, GPU, and storage technology to give you frictionless access to new stories and new creators constantly. We've been using Xbox Series X in our internal take-home program and are energized by the feedback we've been receiving. 
At Xbox, we value being open and transparent with you, and I'm proud to be able to share details about some of the technologies we are enabling for the next generation and look forward to boldly sharing more as we head towards E3. A superior balance of power and speed. Compared to the previous generation, Xbox Series X represents a superior balance of power and speed in console design, advancing on all technological fronts to deliver amazing, dynamic living worlds and minimize any aspects that can take you out of the experience. I like your, uh, I like your announcer voice. Like, <laughs> Thanks. Exclusive. Exclusive, you know? <laughs> yeah. The E3 announcer. <laughs> Our job at Team Xbox is to give teams the tools they need to achieve their ambitions and tap into the console's power with efficiency a few of which we're detailing today. Raw power is just part of the story. There's a lot of lot of uh, text speak coming up. <laughs> Next, Chris, you know what that's going to do? Um, Go right over my head. Oh, yeah. Next generation custom processor. Xbox Series X is our most powerful console ever powered by our custom design processor leveraging AMD's latest Zen 2 and RDNA 2 architectures delivering four times the processing power of an Xbox One and enabling developers to leverage 12 teraflops of GPU performance, twice that of an Xbox One X, and more than eight times the original Xbox One. Dude, <laughs> let's just stop there for a sec. Eight times more than the console that I'm using right eight now. Eight times. Eight more times powerful. <laughs> that, that like, blows my mind just a little bit. Yeah, it's insane. Just a little bit. That's that's a that's a wild Xbox number. Series X delivers a true generational leap in processing and graphics power with cutting edge techniques resulting in higher frame rates, larger, more sophisticated game worlds, and an immersive experience unlike anything seen in console gaming. I mean, of course, like you know, every generation yeah. we gotta have the this is this is better than we've ever seen before. <laughs> it's better than the last one. Because <laughs> if like anybody comes out like hey guys, you know what? Sorry, this is worse than last time. You know, around. we just crunched the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Surprise! We done messed up. <laughs> Variable rate shading. Our patented form of VRS empowers developers to more efficiently utilize the full power of the Xbox Series X. Rather than spinning GPU cycles uniformly to every single pixel on the screen, they can prioritize individual effects on specific game characters or important environmental objects. This technique results in more stable frame rates and higher resolution with no impact on the final image quality. That's fascinating because like some, some PCs have done this, but it like has to be at the chip level or whatever. Apparently, and uh, but what it does is like the things that are the most important, like your character that's on screen, yeah. renders like like crisply, like perfectly. But then things that don't matter, like the like some things like in the distance or on the ground or like whatever, it doesn't render them until you like look at them, like and well, make like, them priority. Well, yeah, well, it's more like if, if things are blurry in the background. Yeah, like why do they need to be rendered fully? Exactly, and so like yeah, that's fascinating. It's fascinating. Hardware accelerated direct direct X ray tracing. You can expect more dynamic and realistic environments powered by hardware-accelerated DirectX ray tracing, a first for console gaming. This means true-to-life lighting, accurate reflections, and realistic acoustics in real time you, as you explore the game world. That's fascinating. We've talked about ray tracing, I feel like, before, because yeah. it's just like, where does the light source, like, where does it bounce off of in order to get to your face? Yeah. Uh, all right. This is a new section. Immersion in an instant. The next console generation will be defined by more playing and less waiting. And when play begins, we know many gamers demand ultra-low latency to be immersed and as immersed and precise as possible. To this end, the team analyzed every step between player and game from controller to console to display and asked how could we make it faster. Here are the ways. SSD storage. With our next generation SSD, nearly every aspect of playing games is improved. Game worlds are larger, more dynamic, and load in a flash. And fast travel is just that, fast. 
Quick Resume. The new Quick Resume feature lets you continue multiple games from a suspended state almost instantly. Returning... You mean resume? Resume. What did I say? Resume. Quick Resume. The new Quick Resume feature lets you continue multiple games from a suspended state almost instantly, returning you to where you were and what you were doing without waiting through long loading screens. You can leave that in there. It's fine. Okay, I'll leave it in. <laughs> it was very fun. I was like, ooh, quick resume. That sounds I good. Mean, I don't know. You're looking for that, you know. I don't know why I thought resume, because there's not even a, 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 like a accent mark a over the E or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Just so we got that, yeah, quick you can resume. resume several games from I mean, their states. That blows my mind a little bit because, like, like currently, whenever I launch, like, if I have Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like, it takes yeah. a long time to kind of get into that game, first of all. So, like, you know, just yeah. loading-wise, it's going to be faster. But, like, to also be, like, somebody, like, asks, hey, you want to play Fortnite? And it's like, okay... Well, I'm gonna like hop over to Fortnite, and then Fortnite takes a long time to load, and then it's like as soon as the like people are done, then I have to hop back over there. I'm literally sitting there for like what 15 <laughs> minutes, like waiting for these games to just load at yeah. some point, like across the course of a a maybe two hour gaming night. Well, it's uh, like oh my gosh, that's so much time. So I think what I don't know if I can't I don't remember what the original Xbox One does, but I think the Xbox One X what it does is it saves the current state of a game and an app at once. So yeah. like. I could, if I say I was playing a game and right. I decided to like switch over to Hulu, it saves the state of that game. I can go back to that one game. Yeah. But then if I tried to go to another game, that's when it has to load. Or if I wanted to go from like the app game, yeah, Hulu to game to Netflix, it's got to load Netflix. So, uh, one of the uh, I was listening to one of the podcasts I was listening to about this. Uh, they thought they like made the comment like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." So like, say we were playing. Um, Fortnite. Well, I was trying to think of something that we were playing. Yeah, say we were, no, say say I was playing Bioshock. Okay, and I'm like not at a place where I can save. Even though you can save in all every place in that game. Some Doesn't game matter. where yeah, some game where it just like I couldn't save everywhere. And then you just popped on and we're like, hey, let's play some Fortnite. I'm like cool. So I pause that game, go into Fortnite. I can then go back in that game without worrying if I if I saved it or not. Yeah, like also, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Because there's no there's safe spots. In yeah, that there's game. like yeah. safe campfires or whatever. Um, Force locations. Or we can switch from Fortnite over to Call of Duty. Yeah, and then resume Fortnite where it was. Just like cool stuff like that, where I'm like, okay, that's gonna make life way better. Yeah, yeah I'm down. Because like there have been times where it's like somebody will be, I will be playing like Destiny with somebody, and somebody will come on and like want to play Fortnite, and it's like, ah, oh, I got it means I gotta like load up that other app, yeah. and it's gonna take a long time to load. So this would save some of that. Dynamic latency input. We're optimizing latency in the player to console pipeline starting with our Xbox wireless controller, which leverages our high bandwidth proprietary wireless communication protocol when connected to the console. With dynamic latency input, a new feature which, which synchronizes input immediately with what is displayed, controls are even more precise and responsive, which is insane. That blows I, feel like it's even, I don't even feel like, like there's, there's latency between my controller. How is it possible to get faster? No idea. Uh, there, like with a 360, I I could I felt like I could tell a, a difference between whenever my uh, controller was plugged in versus yeah. whenever it was not. Hundred percent. But on the Xbox One, I've never been able to tell a difference. Not me neither. HDMI 2.1 innovation. We've partnered with the HDMI forum and TV manufacturers to enable the best gaming experience through features such as auto low latency mode and variable refresh rate. 
Auto Low Latency Mode allows Xbox One and Xbox Series X to automatically set the connected display to its lowest latency mode, which is awesome. Yeah. Half the time, I like when I get a new TV, I'm like, I don't like which one of those, these settings mm-hmm. turns off everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and can I turn off everything? Right. Um, That's what I invested. Like, that was before I bought this TV. I investigated whether or not I could turn off everything because, like, yep. there was at the time, especially, there were a lot of TVs on the market that you could not bypass the processing. Yep. The dynamic, like, color or whatever but this you know there's a game mode on this tv and it was the best that i could find yep uh variable refresh rate synchronizes the display's refresh rate to the game's frame rate maintaining smooth visuals without tearing ensuring minimal lag and the most responsive gaming experience that's super cool yep locking your frame rates to your refresh rate yep very cool super cool and then 120 frames per second support with support for up to 120 frames per second Xbox Series X allows developers to exceed standard 60 frames per second output in favor of heightened realism or fast-paced action. So that one, we'll circle back to that one in a minute whenever we talk about some of these others, I think. Oh, we can talk about that. I mean, like, so that one is fascinating to me. I do feel like that one with, like, the, uh, some of the other more graphical, like the ray tracing and all these things. Like, a lot of these things, like, they're massively hard for a processor to handle. So it's like, I wonder if, like, we'll see more games have the whole, like, performance mode or have a, like, here's prioritized frame rate over this uh, or prioritized graphics over frame rate or, like, whatever um, in the next. Yeah, I th- what's funny is like just looking at this past generation, where we where we saw those kinds of settings going to play, we're at the beginning and end of the generation. Hmm. Beginning because I don't think games are optimized for the platforms. Makes sense. And then at the end because they're outpacing the platforms. Sure. In the middle, you have just like a bunch of things that just look and play good. Yeah, that are just like correct. Yeah, you know, makes sense. Um, the, the it's crazy. That's like, a really that's a really astute observation as well. That well, thank you. <laughs> the, uh, the the PCs the PCs uh, as if they're like a race of, the personal computers the personal computers that have risen up uh, are, like they it are is support. the matrix they, they are gosh take them new pill uh, I don't know which one which one to get you out of the matrix the I red, don't remember man no, no no take them both <laughs> what would have happened I don't know what happened uh, uh, space and time would have torn apart <laughs> a black hole just appears it just ah! opens up <laughs> um <laughs> the pcs have supported high frame rate for a long time so like it's yeah. nice to see this finally come to console where we yeah. have the option to do 120 i mean this is the thing man 120 just blows my mind <laughs> yeah like i'm already 60 i feel weird when i play it uh-huh. you know you get done and you're like ooh, that's kind of like yeah that like, was you, fast. you look at the real world and you're like <laughs> holy is it, why isn't thing, why aren't things moving so fast yeah so um i don't even know what 120 frames per second is going to do to me on my big screen tv <laughs> Uh, Nothing good, I can tell you that. (laughs) This next section is called The Next Generation of Game Compatibility. The benefits of the next console generation extend in every direction, bringing greater visual fidelity and improved loading speeds to your existing gaming legacy. In addition to new games, we're continuing our commitment to compatibility with Xbox Series X and investing in technology that makes game ownership easier across generations. Four generations of gaming. Our commitment to compatibility means existing Xbox One games, including backwards compatible Xbox 360 and original Xbox games, look and play better than ever before. 
Your favorite games, including titles and Xbox Game Pass, benefit from steadier frame rates, faster load times, and improved resolution and visual fidelity, all with no developer work required. Your Xbox One gaming accessories also come forward with you. That's cool. All of this is like all good news. Some, Most of it's what we knew before, but it's right. like if they hadn't put it in this article, why aren't they talking about it? Yeah, what are they doing? Smart delivery. This technology empowers you to buy a game once and know that whether you're playing it on Xbox One or Xbox Series X, you are getting the right version of that game on whatever Xbox you're playing on. We're making the commitment to use smart delivery on all our exclusive Xbox Game Studios titles, including Halo Infinite, ensuring you to only have to purchase a title once in order to play the best available version for whichever Xbox console they choose to play on. They changed tenses. Tenses there or the you to they. Yeah. This technology is available for all developers and publishers and they can choose to use it for titles. Oh, they're talking about the the for which the developers. they choose. No, they were talking about us before. Now they're talking about developers. Okay. This technology is available for all developers and publishers and they can choose to use it for titles that will release on Xbox One first mm. and come to the Xbox Series X later. This is the biggest one that was in here that I thought was fascinating and confusing and and I'm not sure that I I'm not sure that I completely understand. Like I, I get that this is like if you buy a game on uh, me personally, buy a game Xbox One, don't have an Xbox One X yet or Xbox Series X yet. Then uh, around like January next year, decide, oh, I'm going to dive in, get the Xbox Series X. Get the Xbox Series X. I then have access to the Xbox Series X version of it um, or can have access to it. They're leaving it up to publishers to choose whether or not that that is the case. So say Ubisoft wants to release a Rainbow Six Siege uh, game or like uh, Assassin's well, Rain- Creed Odyssey. Currently, Rainbow Six Siege will probably just become the new version. Right. Probably, because it's an ongoing game. True. But it's a, like maybe an Assassin's but Creed say, uh, yeah. uh, Odyssey. They have two versions of that game. Or Assassin's Creed, whatever the next one is. Yep. They have uh, two versions of that game. One's an Xbox One game, and one is an Xbox Series X game. Yeah. And they choose to sell those separately. They choose to opt out of this program of, uh, what is it called again? The Smart... Smart delivery. Smart delivery. They choose to opt out of that. And so if I bought the Xbox One version, I can play that version in backwards compatibility on my Xbox Series X with some improved performance and visuals, but maybe not like to the level if I were to go out and purchase the upgraded version for the Xbox Series X. It's super weird because like the thing to me that this kind of like, I feel like this kind of betrays their vision of the future in that they keep saying you buy your games once, and yep. they're playable across every platform sure. everywhere. But the, not, but not really. Like they're saying, like, right. like unless they choose not to let you do that. Now, the, I, I, I feel like this will become the norm because if you're Ubisoft and you make someone buy a game twice, you look like a jerk. Yeah, yeah. Like money hungry. I can't see a good scenario. No. With that. Uh, the thing is. I think that there were a lot of publishers in the last generation, so Xbox oh, 360 to Xbox One. We Dude. we've reviewed so many of the like the the upgrades, like Call of Duty Ghosts. I bought I, that game twice. I bought that game twice. Like I, I think there was like a I think there was a GameStop. GameStop themselves yeah. did a uh, trade in thing for that one. They did. I but, I kept them both. <laughs> But like I, I bought that game twice because I, like you traded in and you just paid like ten dollars extra to get yeah. the new version. So I still bought the other version. Right. Destiny, I bought twice. Yeah. Um, last of Us, I bought twice. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm trying to think of what else I bought twice. Uh, I didn't buy it, but I had rented um, GTA Five, and then I bought that on Xbox One. Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Uh, yeah, Tomb Raider. I bought three times because I bought it on all three systems. Yeah. For our our visual. I think we test. might have rented one. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we rented one. Which one? I don't remember which one it was, but we rented one of the the copies because I remember having to run across town to the uh, the family video. Interesting. And uh, picking that up or something. Interesting. Um, but yeah, like it, it's a uh, it's an odd one um, because it's like it's not. I, like, I would think this would be they would make this mandatory. That's I, the thing that I like that kind of baffles me. It worries me because like I I was hoping that this would be basically like the Xbox One X, like the the mid mid tier yeah. like uh, upgrade. It's automatically. Yeah, we're like you pop in a game and it goes, oh, I can see that you're on an Xbox Series X. We have yeah. an upgrade for this game. Do you want to download this, you know, hundred gigabytes now or later? You know, and like you choose now and it downloads it and you have the new version. Um, but like, this is apparently up to the the publisher, and I imagine it's because of the last generation. I imagine it's because a lot of publishers are like, ooh, we want to have that control to like release a definitive version of this game or a upgraded version of this game. And Microsoft is like, oh, all right, whatever. Possibly. We want to put their game on our platform. I also think that maybe it's a response to, I don't know, maybe just go with me here. Let's just kind of like think through this. PlayStation is not going to do this. They're not going to have no. a situation where you buy, th- like they're going to, like it's going to be walled off. They've already said it's walled off. Like PS5 games will not like work on PS4. Sure. Like, like, and those will be drastically different versions. Yeah. So like if you buy a game on PS4, you're going to have to buy a game on PS5. Unless so they change their sense, tune, but in yeah. That, in that sense, third party developers would make more money selling their games on PlayStation. Correct. So maybe this is Xbox saying, okay, if there's a scenario in which you wouldn't put your game on Xbox because you're going to make less money because we've mandated that you use this, uh, what do they call it? It's not even like a good name. Smart, Smart delivery. delivery. We've mandated that. So you choose not to put it on our platform because you're going to make more money over there. Yeah. Then we're going to give you the option if you really want to be a jerk mm-hmm. to do it on our platform. Yeah. But for our games, we're not going to do it. So you're going to look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and then, and then, then uh, Cyberpunk developer um, CD Projekt Red tweeted yeah. out like as soon as this went live, literally the minute, the, like like within minutes that this went live, they yeah. tweeted out like it's 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 bad to make your consumer buy a game twice, the same game twice. Yep. You will never ha- like on the Xbox version of of our game, uh, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah. <laughs> the number I always get wrong. Twenty seventy seven. It was because of a. Blade Runner 2049. Right. You will only have to buy it once and then you'll have the Xbox uh, upgraded version. And it's like yeah. it's like they are definitely a consumer friendly company. Like that company has always been like, hey, free a DLC. Except for this, like like they basically released a ton of free DLC for the last game, and then they had one paid one. Yeah. Um, and they were all massive. Yep. So I mean, like they they're a super consumer friendly company. So it makes sense that they would tweet this right then. But it does kind of like that's gonna be one of the biggest games of twenty twenty. And like it does kind of like hold up all of the other publishers and they, you know, and say like, ooh, you're not as like yeah, as yeah. consumer friendly as cyberpunk yeah. you know so am i gonna play your rpg your massive uh rpg ubisoft or am i gonna play cyberpunk well i think the genius thing it also does is like so uh, you know with with the number of consoles that are out in the marketplace right now it is like i forget what the overlap. i was reading an article was talking about the overlap but a lot of people have both consoles yeah so if you have both consoles sitting there and say cyberpunk comes out yeah and you can either buy it for your Xbox One 
or your PS4. Mm-hmm. And you know that if you buy it for your Xbox One, I only have to buy it once. And whenever I buy the the next console, it's already going to upgrade. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have I, the biggest, the best version. If I have to buy it for the PS4 and then I have to buy it again for the PS5, problem. I mean, that's I like that's that. an extra sixty bucks, man. Yeah. Why would I ever buy it for the <laughs> PS4? Then that makes sense. So it's genius on Microsoft's part. I think the other thing that scenario that I could see happening with this is not necessarily a complete rebuy, but like say you're like, hey. I bought Cyberpunk 70... Uh, say this is the example. They've already said they're not doing it, but let's say right, it was. Right. Hey, I bought Cyberpunk 2077 on Xbox One. Uh, I just bought my Xbox Series X, and in order to get the upgrade graphics or the up, the better graphics, there's a $10 upcharge. Yeah, like a $10 patch or something like I'd that. I'd be okay with that as yeah, a consumer. I mean, that's great. You know, if I don't have to rebuy the whole game and I'm just paying for the extra work that went into making this for sure for this platform, that sounds reasonable Sounds to reasonable, me. yeah. So like, I it's think like this, I did that for the Ghosts, you yes, know? It's like that's what I ended up right. doing with GameStop, essentially, for Ghosts. Yeah. So, this, yeah. This basically allows for that kind of a scenario as yeah. well. So, like, because, you know, I, I think of, like, an indie developer... You know, and say you're Cuphead. Well, they're not indie really anymore. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Some some indie developer who yeah. creates a game for Xbox One, and then they want to upgrade the visuals for Xbox One Series X, but there's literally no reason for them to. No it's not going to do anything for them. No. Maybe it might increase some of their, their downloads, but say the game's like been out for two or three years. Yeah. But if they upgrade them and can charge an extra 10 bucks and actually make it worth their while to upgrade the graphics i'd be cool with paying that i would too that's the scenario where i feel like that's that seems more reasonable yeah yeah that's the more like that's like the 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 middle of the road where you're like ah not the most like give us everything to the consumer but it's also not the most like rebuy the entire game again and that's what i see honestly like i see i see like bigger developers like cd project red ea activision probably saying hey uh these are you know, like it's just going to upgrade automatically. Yeah. Come one, come all. Yeah, <laughs> join our games as service. Uh, but I could see like smaller developers saying, be, being like, "Hey, we're going to charge a small fee here to upgrade to the new to the Xbox Series X version yeah. or whatever." Yeah. Like, totally cool. With that. Yeah. Well, like you said, also like it helps incentivize people to release it in a better visual, the same game into better visuals yeah. on a new platform. Otherwise, like, why in the world would I do it? Right. You right. know. Right. Makes sense. Last bullet point, Xbox Game Pass. In addition to games from across four generations of consoles, our leading game subscription service, Xbox Game Pass, will continue to have our first-party games, like Halo Infinite, included at their launch. We look forward to millions of you experiencing the Xbox Game Pass portfolio and immersing yourselves in a deep library of high-quality games, playing those you love now, and also discovering your next great adventure. I like how the only like game they can even reference that's coming out is Halo Infinite. Yeah, it's the only one they've announced, yeah. you know. Um, it's also interesting to me, like, they can continue to reiterate this because back whenever they originally, like, launched into Game Pass, and it was like, all of our first-party titles, like Halo and Gears, will launch into And people were like, oh, will that always happen? Like, is that an always thing? Or is that literally just, like, the next Halo, the next uh, Gears, like, and then we're going to, you know, see how that goes. If it doesn't go well, we're not going to, like, launch into that. But they continue to reiterate it. Yeah. So it's, like, either really going well, or it's, like, it's just, like, they're going to continue to do this thing. Yeah. Um, always, so, dude. Yeah. Do you have a Game Pass right now? Oh, yeah. Uh, I have Game Pass through like a year from now. Dude, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah? Uh, I think it's either oh, that's just, awesome. got, just got put in there or it's about to be. I'm into that. Yeah. I like uh, I like like Disney and I've been wanting to I try know. Kingdom well, after Hearts. After that review, yeah. I've, I've, oh, I've wanted to play it. Me too. 
Uh, last section. A generation with players at the center. Xbox Series X is our fastest, most powerful console ever, designed for a console generation that has you at its center. This means a high-fidelity gaming experience enclosed in a quiet and bold design, and with the ability to discover thousands of games across four generations, all with more playing and less waiting. Whether it's empowering amazing creators at our 15 Xbox Game Studios, fueling game discovery with Xbox Game Pass, or expanding what and where you can play with Project xCloud, Team Xbox stands for frictionless pathways between players and the best experiences our remarkable art form has to offer. Xbox Series X represents that same commitment for players who want immediate immersion in games that also look and feel better than ever. We can't wait to share more details about the new Xbox with you in the coming months. Cool. Thank you, Phil. I dig it, man. Any closing thoughts I have are like, I'm excited. Uh, I'm yeah. interested to see what Sony does with, especially with like, if they're going to talk about like a, hey, if you buy this game, you can upgrade it, yeah. uh, you know, or, or something like that with a smart delivery. <laughs> smart. Is that right? Yeah. Is it, okay. It's such a generic name. I know. You that think it's like, like something like more proprietary. Sounding. Yeah. It's like, you know, let's, it's, yeah, it's, let's put a slap of TM after that, you know? Yeah. Um, but... I, I am interested to see if they do anything with that or if it just kind of like stays as is. I'm interested to see how many publishers decide to to announce like, hey, our games are going to be th- part of that program on Xbox. Yeah. Um, and see how that goes. But aside from that, like I'm I'm pumped, man. Totally. I mean, I I hope that these kind of innovations proliferate themselves throughout the industry and more console manufacturers start following that meaning PlayStation and Nintendo. Yeah. I don't know if they will on Nintendo side. They just kind of just play their own game, but PlayStation, man, mm-hmm. Sony, you got to like take some notes. Nintendo, and... Nintendo is fascinating because like Sony, no excuse. That's basically the same box, exactly, right? right? You know? Yeah. They're both it's PCs. A, it's a PC with a controller. Yeah. Um, and a proprietary OS, but the switch and like a lot of their devices, there are certain games that are just trapped and like, it's, yeah. it's, it's a bummer. Like there's certain games that are just trapped on Wii because like it's the, yep. the motion control. Uh, like there's well, a lot Zelda of them are like, they're like classic or uh, what do they call it? Cla- cl- was it classic console? No. Uh, you know what I mean? What was the, where you could play old classic games on the Wii? Oh yeah. 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 Virtual console. Virtual console. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of the virtual console stuff, yeah. man, that, like, that's the, literally the only place you can play it. Right. And like 3DS has the same situation where it's like, okay, we have these dual screens. So like in that case, like that's true. I mean, the technology limits it. Yeah. And like, there's literally no way to play those games on the modern day device. You know, it's like, there's not two screens on your switch. Yeah. They've ported some over like that and combined those screens somehow with gameplay. Um, but it's like, that takes a lot of work on the developer side. So like there's certain things that are trapped, right? Yeah. But like those aside, Nintendo, like you said, there's no excuse for like, there's no like way to play on your switch. Like the old Mario games, like super Mario brothers, you know, um, like the new super Mario brothers, the first one, like that was on like Wii, right? Um, there's no way to play that on your Switch, and it's like that's a that's a bummer. I wish there was like some form of digital backwards compatibility. If yeah. it was just available for purchase again, like just just something. Because um, there's mean, no reason that that game in particular, because it does the only thing it does is do the waggle thing, and it's like the the Switch has accelerometers in it. It can do that. So 
I don't I, know. Yeah, I mean, and then, and then I don't think it's ever going to happen. It's just baffling. Like, just, well, it's just like they don't use the same storefronts. They don't use True. the same technology True. behind the scenes. Every single time they come out with a new console, they have to develop a new social yeah. like network yeah. and a new storefront. Like, you switch yeah. and have a storefront for yeah. how long? Oh, man, it was, it was uh, like, so it didn't have anything in there in the store for like a month and a half. Yeah. So like I, I had like it, eight it, games. <laughs> And even now, like the only way to talk to your friends is through your app on your phone. Unless you're Fortnite. Unless you're on Fortnite and you're using the Fortnite server. Yeah. So it's like There's other live games I think that do that as well. That's why like, I like yeah. I've just written off Nintendo for any of that kind of stuff. For any of that that type of like, oh, you know, quality yeah. of life, you know, kind of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like again, like some of that excuse is like, oh, there's like there's like physical hardware reasons why you can't do that. But like the majority of their older games, it's like, well, you should be able to like just play those games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sony, no excuse at all as far as like backwards compatibility is. And this time I'm happy that they have backwards compatibility this time. Then the PS3 generation is the generation where it's like, that's just going to be lost for, uh, for PlayStation. Yeah. Owners. Um, because they used a different type of processor in that one. And apparently, apparently it's incredibly hard to port those over into like modern processors. Yeah. I don't know. Well, this has been a great episode. It's been long, it's yeah. been, but it's been worth it. 80 minutes or so? Um, next week, I'm trying to look and see what's on our There's a uh, movie calendar. next week, I uh, think. I thought there was. Is it Onward? Onward's next week, yes. Do onward. Do we're going to watch Onward. It? I'm down with that. Yeah, because uh, yeah. it looks cool. It looks great. All right, so we're going to review Onward. Up. Also next week, uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue, uh, Rescue Team DX comes out. Ooh. That's a remake. That's a remake. That is a remake from a uh, DS. So it's like, hey, there you go. They can do it for some of them. Yeah. So, uh, but obviously, you're going to pay full price for that game. <laughs> you know, it combines like three games into one. But like, I mean, it's, I, yeah. I think it's only $40. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, no, it's that's not, really good. Yeah, for a, yeah. For a, for a game like that. Like, that's a, great. A full on like mobile that's game. Like, that's kind of what I expect from remakes. Yeah, I agree. It's like, you didn't have to pay writers and. Yeah. Like all the like, you're you're basically operating a half staff. The here. game concept was already done. Yeah, you all know? the art direction, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. It's like you got maybe have to upgrade the visuals if it's a full. I'm sure there was like, an artist remake. doing the remake. Yeah, yeah. but like still um, filling in those weird polygonal characters. Yeah, you're that not you're not coming like up from things from janky. scratch. <laughs> totally. Uh, but yeah, you already have like the, yeah. the wireframe stuff. So yeah, um, you can find us online at standtargetpodcast.com on social at Chris Wright 250 and John Wright 777 I haven't posted anything in forever yeah yeah me neither also on stay, uh, at stay in target pod please go to your podcast service of choice review us tell your friends about us we really appreciate it that's it for this week we'll see you next time on stay, stay on, on target, target.